Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 5050 Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Michael. With me, I got my friend and co-host, Mason. Say what's going on, everybody. We're back, everyone. Thank you for being back for the, the second edition of our of our Faves and Fades series. We're getting into the juicy stuff now. Quarterbacks, a little boring. They always have been a little boring in fantasy football, but we're getting to the meat and potatoes. We've got the running backs up today, so I'm really excited to get into our uh, our Faves and Fades for this also important running back position. Yep, this is the position that wins people leagues, but also loses them. So we're here to tell you the guys that we do not like one bit and the guys that we love a lot. So Mace, let's get started. You want me to kick I it wanna, off? I want to hear your first fade at the running back position. We're starting with fades this week. Okay. Fades this week. Got to switch it up. Got to keep the okay. fans on their toes. Let's about, do it. You know? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, my number one fade, and I'm going to come in hot and heavy here, mm. is Mr. Christian McCaffrey. Wow. Uh, currently going as the... RB RB three actually right now um, in in PPR, but I feel like in That's most changed. drafts, yeah, that that is a recent update. In most yeah. drafts, I feel like we're still seeing him go in that number one or two slot, yeah, um, which I just can't fathom drafting a guy that, in my mind, is nearly a certainty to get hurt this year. Uh, that high drafting him over a lot of guys that, yeah, they don't have the upside. Not many guys do, but when they have the safe floor, they have the the security not being, especially when people are taking him over Taylor. That's insane to me because Taylor to me does have the upside of McCaffrey with the security in terms of of the low injury risk. So Christian McCaffrey to me is a guy that I just can't touch where he's currently going. Uh, I said in one of our earlier episodes i had him as my rb7 i've now moved him down to my rb10 i just cannot touch this guy this year unless he gets to me in that mid-second round that's where i'm willing to risk it but as of right now i just don't see a situation where we get more than eight games out of christian mccaffrey and this isn't a situation like with dalvin cook where you just grab alexander madison and you're gonna get near comparable um production out of him 
we're drafting Dante Foreman or Chuba Hubbard, which if we see McCaffrey go down, I don't see it being a bell cow there. It's going to be Foreman getting the first and second down, Chuba probably on third down. So it's not even like you can grab a nice handcuff with Christian McCaffrey to cover yourself in case he does get hurt. So if this guy goes down after you spend a top three pick on him, I'm sorry, but your season's maybe not over. But you're going to have to play nearly perfect fantasy football to recover from that. So as of right now, just where he's going, I think the risk is way too much. And who knows if we even have the same Christian McCaffrey. This guy has been hurt so much. Who knows if Christian McCaffrey still has that ceiling? This offense isn't that good. So if he takes one step back, that could really hurt him even, even when he is healthy. So to me, Christian McCaffrey... Even right now that now that he's moved down to the the RB three is still just not a pick that you can make at this point. And you've even seen him, like you said, it's for a lot of the mocks that I've been doing recently. He's not going two and three RB wise. He's going one. I think I I did two mocks today, and both times the one on one was McCaffrey, and that wasn't even a full PPR league. So people have really just heard these training camp reports as him saying, "Oh, I feel great. I feel way better." But go on Safari, go on Google Chrome, and look up Christian McCaffrey 2021 training camp news. And he said the same thing last year. So you have to take what players say with a grain of salt. Because like us, they don't know when they'll get injured. They don't know that they feel great. They don't know. Because they, they can't tell when they'll be injured. And for that reason, you can't just trust these reports of him saying he looks great. Because at the end of the day, he is now injury prone. And we can't keep thinking that this Christian McCaffrey from 2019 and even 2018 is just going to come back miraculously because I, I, I fear that he won't. He played all 16 games both those years, and since then he hasn't played more than seven in one season. He's played 10 games combined last two years. We understand that, like we said last week, and if we have a new listener this week, to clarify, we're not saying don't draft Christian McCaffrey. We're just saying that where he's being drafted is a little bit ridiculous because – you're not only spending a first round pick on him, but you're spending a top three draft capital on him. And you look at maybe where, or even top one for some people. And I just don't, I agree with Mace. I just don't really see like his ceiling really being that much higher than Taylor's. And then you look at the two of them and you're thinking, wow, Jonathan Taylor has never had a major injury in all the years of football he's played. And McCaffrey has not had one, not even fully healthy, half healthy, healthy season in the last two years and we are not doing our rankings and I just would so much rather take Taylor Jefferson over him and since we'll, we aren't doing our rankings we'll we'll say that Jefferson is both of us in our top two picks and it's just their floor and ceiling just outweigh McCaffrey so I totally agree with you Mace um, as far as the McCaffrey hype goes it's getting a little bit blown up a portion now and I think a lot of people are going to be once again disappointed by Christian McCaffrey. Um, and now for my next fade, or my first fade, should I say, and it's David Montgomery. Um, I'm, I can't say I'm that low on David Montgomery per se. It's just, again, an ADP question. And he's still being drafted in the top five rounds, and I just don't see why. Uh, Khalil Herbert and even Tristan Ebner now, uh, they're saying from camp that they're both going to play a role in the offense as well. And it's even there, even get, he's getting the Antonio Gibson treatment with now him maybe being on special teams. And you kind of just see all this new coaching staff coming in. It's just an awful situation and it's not really his fault per se, 
I just really don't see this offense being good at all. I think Cole Komet will be good, like we talked about, for those short checkdowns. But even then, he needs to get the touchdowns going. But for a running back, you need to have a good offense around you. Like, we think of all these top-tier running backs that are in fantasy, and they all have one thing in common. They're all on top, top elite offenses. And you kind of have to have either A, a good offensive line, or a, B, a good standard quarterback. And that's just something Montgomery doesn't have either of. They don't have an offensive line. I think they're ranked 29th this year um, in general for offensive line strength. And they have Justin Fields, who, sure, you can make a debate for. He could be a good fantasy quarterback, but is he a good NFL quarterback? We have not seen enough games for him to really say that. And I just I just don't really see him being a, worth a top five-round pick. There's so many guys this year. The w- receiver class this year is so deep, and I'd rather take um, a guy in that fifth round for receivers over a guy like David Montgomery. Yeah, I'm with you. I've I've honestly never liked David Montgomery from the the first year when he's coming in the league. I didn't like him for my dynasty drafts. I've never ever drafted him in my life for a redraft league, and it's definitely not going to start this year. Um, in preseason games, even uh, you would assume when Justin Fields is going on the field that the stars would be with him, right? Uh, however, David Montgomery has not taken one snap with Justin Fields this year. Every single snap that Justin Fields has taken this preseason has uh, been Mr. Cleo Herbert in the backfield. I'm not saying Herbert's a starter by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying I think this is going to be a lot more of a committee than people think it's going to be. I don't think Cleo Herbert is in any way dependent on a Montgomery injury to be fantasy relevant this year. And I think we're going to see a lot of a 50, 50 backfield in Chicago, which even a 100% this backfield will not be a good fantasy starter. So you give David Montgomery, who's already an inefficient running back, even less work in a bad offense. I just don't see any way uh, he meets his ADP of RB 18. Um, and you kind of mentioned my next fade there when you're, when you're talking about uh, Montgomery, but it is Antonio Gibson. This is a guy I've been so high on every single year of his career, and it's finally time to cut free. The hype is over on Antonio Gibson. The, the experiment is over. They've put him on special teams. It's Brian Robinson season in that offense. Brian Robinson is the starting running back for Washington. Antonio Gibson may have a little bit of like a I, I'm kind of thinking like a Chase Edmonds type role where he's going to take a little bit of third down work. He's going to maybe go in the slot a little bit, kind of kind of just be more of a, a gadget guy in this offense. And where you're having to draft him right now as an RB25, that's an RB2 in your lineup. You can't be dressing just a gadget guy as your RB2 on a week-to-week basis and and depend on that fantasy uh fantasy relevance to continue because it's just not going to he's gonna have his week still where it's like oh man this guy's so good he's so talented guess what he's not he's not a good football player and that's why no matter how many times they've tried to make this guy work as a running back he hasn't he's gonna be a little bit of a slot guy maybe take some routes from the wide out maybe gets five carries a game but that is simply all he is gonna be is a gadget guy this year, and that is why he cannot be drafted as your RB2. Yep, and 
not much really to say here on my end because he pretty much said it all for me. Um, yeah, it's just not looking good for him. A, a guy that we both really liked, me and you, and I don't know. It's it's just sad to really see the decline of him go down this fast, and it just kind of sucks seeing everyone on Twitter kind of just clowning him when really it was more his situation rather than him, and I just don't really think that he ever could get his, I don't know, his feet going, his foot in the door, and it's sad, but for fantasy, it's just a guy you can't really draft, right? So the next guy I got for fade is a guy that we talked about pretty extensively when we did the um, AFC East preview, and it's Damian Harris. Um, I'm going to keep this one quick because there's other guys that we need to spend more time on when we spent a lot of time on this already. Not only am I just fading him because of Ramondre Stevenson, it's also just the fact that his ADP is skyrocketed because of the fact he had 20 or 15 touchdowns last year. Sorry. And I understand that 15 touchdowns is a lot and I understand it's appealing to look at, but it's just not going to happen again. This offense is not going to be like last year. They're not going to be in the red zone as much. And I just don't think Damian Harris is that efficient. And he's just not that good. And I just, I see Ramondre Stevenson. I think he's not only a better runner than him, but from all accord that we've seen from camp this year is that all of a sudden Ramondre Stevenson has slimmed down. He's faster, he's more agile, he's better balanced, and he's a, he's a better catcher in the backfield. So you look at their ADPs and you think, hmm, should I spend a fifth-round pick on Damian Harris or maybe wait for Ramondre in the eighth? And the upside for Ramondre compared to Damian Harris is just out of this world. So if you want to hear a more extensive breakdown from us, uh, go listen to our AFC East uh, preview. We talked about this for about five to ten minutes, I think, just this category of that video but as far as Damian Harris goes Mace that's all I really have to say yeah I'm with you uh, again just kind of a similar thing as the Antonio Gibson they're going back to back uh, Damian Harris is RB24 Damian Harris is gonna be a backup running back this year except he doesn't have the pass catching ability of Antonio Gibson to um, get him that gadget role at least in the offense if Damian Harris gets taken over as Ramondre uh, sorry by Ramondre it's over for him. He's He has zero fantasy relevance whatsoever. And I think it's highly likely that happens. Like you said, his whole season last year is built off of a completely um, unrepeatable amount of touchdowns. That offense isn't good enough to support a 15 touchdown season for running back back-to-back seasons, especially when Ramondre is going to be coming in and, and taking a lot of those carries. So I'm, I'm 100% with you on that Damian Harris pick as, as your second fade. Um, my third and final fade, again, we mentioned uh, we mentioned this guy quite a bit in our divisional preview, but that is James Conner. Mm. Uh, James Conner is highly inefficient. Uh, even last year, when he put up great fantasy numbers, he was averaging 3.8 yards per carry. This is a guy that is solely dependent on touchdowns, um, will not repeat the touchdowns he got last year. The amount of times Arizona was within the five and they ran the ball just three times, I don't see them doing that again this year. Um, On top of that, James Conner's whole career, back when he was an explosive, young, good player on an awesome Steelers offense, people always picked apart that he was injury prone, which he was. But that was the one thing with him is like, oh, Conner's great, but he's injury prone. For some reason... One good season in Arizona where he stayed healthy and nobody remembers those three, four seasons where he couldn't stay on the field. And I think to 
to trust in him playing another full season, I think it's borderline borderline impossible that James Conner puts together another full season without getting hurt. On top of that, even when he is playing to repeat us, um, in this case, he's ranked as RB16, his ADP is RB16. For him to live up to that, the touchdown rate is going to have to be completely ridiculous. Um, and that's that's if he stays healthy. This guy's not going to stay health, healthy this year. And even when he is healthy, he's going to be inefficient and get half the touchdowns he did last season. Um, I know there's not a lot of competition in that Arizona backfield, but honestly, I don't think it's going to take competition for James Conner to be taken over here. I really like the rookie back that they have this year. Um, I don't think he's going to do much, but even Darrell Williams, when he got his chances in KC, he was a solid running back. And I could see him starting to eat into the James Conner workload as he shows he's just a three yard per carry running back. So James Conner for me, I get he doesn't have much competition, but I think he's going to get hurt. And I think his touchdowns are going to drop a lot this year um, because he's, he's just not an efficient runner. And I don't think he's going to self going to put himself in the positions to get those scores again. Yeah. And this is another guy that I don't really have to add to because fortunately me and you both share the same opinion on him. Uh, what he had last year was really the best case scenario for him. I, I always liked James Conner. I thought that he was somewhat solid in Pittsburgh. And I thought that, you know, if he really could just stay healthy, that could be that could be the thing for him. But he just never could stay healthy. Goes to Arizona. They have a fantastic start to the year. He's having a great year. And now all of a sudden we think that he's just not an injury-prone player because one year he just didn't get injured. When even though every week there was something in, training, er, in camp or from practice that he had all these small injuries. He still had injuries last year. It's just he kind of played through them. And I, I really think that this year there's going to be something that comes out. Might not be a major injury, but I just don't see him really staying on the field consistently to draft him where he's going to be. But we can move on from him because we talked about him and Damian Harris extensively already. So my last fade is actually Brees Hall. And this isn't a fade on him as a player because both me and Mason love Brees Hall as a prospect. And we'll talk about him more when we get to our dynasty in the offseason. But Brees Hall as a prospect is incredible. And and we're not really saying here that to fade him as a player, it's just more his situation. Um, we know that QB his QB, Zach Wilson, um, already injured preseason uh, knee injury, not major, but week one is in question. It And I really don't think they'll force him back early. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if maybe he's gone for the first three or four weeks. And obviously we talked about him, Makai Becton injured out for the entire season. That's your best offensive lineman right there, gone for the year. These are now two situations where we don't like, and we're not even in the running back room yet. And now we're getting to the fact that Michael Carter's there. And Michael Carter's a guy I really like. And he's not as good as a runner as Brees Hall is, obviously. But as far as natural pass catching ability goes, he's probably one of my favorites in the league to watch. It seems that he never not makes a guy miss. And I think that people really aren't remembering that Michael Carter's there because Brees Hall's still being drafted the 38th pick, which is pretty much a fourth round pick. And I get that the upside's there. And I understand I've seen a lot of people on Twitter saying there's always the argument. He's never played a snap, but it's not that he's never played a snap in the NFL. And you can't compare Saquon. You can't compare Zeke. You can't compare Kareem Hunt. You can't compare Jonathan Taylor to these guys because 
these guys never had a guy in the well i guess taylor did but the other three didn't they never had a guy in that running back room with them that could really challenge them for receiving work and michael carter is that guy there for the receiving work in the running back room and we know the coaching staff loves him and we were really about to see his breakout that in that last year sorry last year and then he kind of had that he had the ankle injury which sucked because it was if if he stays healthy you never know the jets might not take Brees hall um if he stays fully healthy for that year and plays and really shows off his talent i don't think they take Brees hall but now that he's there it's kind of like a one-two thing i still think Brees hall will have the command and um snap rate i think it'll be pretty much a 60 40 split maybe 70 30 but the biggest thing is the receiving work and i really think that michael carter is going to take a huge hit of that and i just personally don't see why you would take a fourth round pick on Brees hall yeah i I wouldn't say that he's a he's a fade for me, but I do agree with everything you said. Brees Hall, I, I am huge on Brees Hall. I mm-hmm. had him graded out as a prospect higher than I had Najee Harris graded out as a prospect. So I am all for Brees Hall in dynasty formats. But like you said, I just don't think uh, this is going to be his year. It's going to be some growing pains still on that offense. So as of right now, I think, yeah, his RB19 ranking is a little bit aggressive. Um, I, I like him more than you still this year, but I, I do agree with, with everything you said there. Um, but let's, let's get into some, let's get into the positive notes now. Mm-hmm. Let's get into our faves. Um, I'm going to start from, from the top here, my highest ranked fave, uh, that is Alvin Kamara. So Alvin Kamara is a guy coming into kind of this draft prep season. We had that suspension in the back of our minds every time we heard the name Alvin Kamara okay yeah we love him but he's gonna get suspended he's gonna get suspended and even now that we have heard that most likely that is not happening for some reason I feel like no one has truly corrected their rankings uh to to show that that he's not going to get suspended and I I'm guilty for it myself I I heard the news and I moved him up two spots and then I thought about it more I was like okay if this suspension was never talked about, I would have him, I would have him way higher. So why is this suspension that's looking like it's not even going to happen still impacting where Alvin Kamara is being drafted? I don't understand. And I get the the, the slight chance that a video comes out or who know what who knows what new evidence comes out in that case, and maybe a suspension does happen. But you're drafting a running back, man. Every single guy here has just as good a chance of tearing their ACL and being done for the year at some point this season. So I don't think you can use the possible midseason suspension as a reason to move him lower than a guy like Derrick Henry, who just as easily could get injured halfway through the year and miss eight games. Um, so I don't think it's fair to use that that possible suspension against him when drafting. Uh, so Alvin Kamara right now, he is uh, sitting at RB12 um, in ADP. I have recently moved him up to my RB7. So Alvin Kamara is a guy that if you can get in the second round, you take all day long because that suspension probably isn't happening. And when it doesn't happen, Alvin Kamara is a high-end RB1 and always has been. And especially in that this New Orleans offense, he's going to get so much work, so many targets with Michael Thomas coming back after a long time off of injury, rookie Chris Olave. There's really no staple pass catcher in this offense and that's going to lead to a lot a lot of pass catching attention for Alvin Kamara yeah man and 
we we had an indifference when I talked about Jameis Winston, the QB, uh, faves and fades, but I love this Saints offense this year. I just think that they're going to surprise so many people in the NFC South. I just I really think that no one's looking at them as a, a sleeper team for the playoffs. And as long as Jameis can really just not go away from what he does fantasy-wise, but just be more efficient, like the, the efficient Jameis we saw the first seven games last year. If he can do that for a full season with his three weapons that he has now this year and Alvin Kamara for the whole year, I agree with you, man. Like, he should be a first-round pick. It's honestly disrespectful to Kamara that he's not a first-round pick yet as far as ADP goes. And I think in many leagues you will see him go up maybe towards the end of the at the end of the first round. But right now for ADP, he's still, I think, a early to mid-second-round pick, which is absolutely insane to me. And honestly, I, I would just want to draft a Saints player just to kind of watch this offense because I think that it'll be really sneaky, um, sneakily fun to watch this team this year. So as far as Kamara goes, I 100% agree. Um, my first fave is a guy we talked about briefly, but Damian Pierce. And uh, if you're anything on the fantasy football Twitter, you'll see, you've probably seen enough on this guy, but man, you hear about him in camp, all the coaches talk up about him and I know it's preseason, but first snap of preseason, it's an outside zone, inside zone run. Sorry. He makes two guys miss and takes it for 20. And I just said, I'm like, I want this guy in every single draft. And I know it's one snap, but he still finished that game with five for 50. That's still really good, obviously. And you kind of just look at him as just the guy there. And I don't see that really changing. There's, And we talked about guys with bad situations. Damian Pierce is the complete and utter opposite of that. He probably has the best situation. And I know you're saying probably in your head, Houston's not a great team. But I really strongly believe in Davis Mills this year. Um, when we talked about the Texans, we mentioned all the stuff coming out about him, about how he's won over the locker room, how he's the alpha dog there, how he's completely improved his game there. And it's something we did not expect to hear this offseason. But if he can slightly improve, that offense can improve, and Damian Pierce can come in, and you take him in the eighth or seventh round that I think he'll be going at by draft time, you have to take that shot in him. Because at that spot, even if he's uh, he finishes as maybe, let's say, let's go as bull as a top 15 RB. That could still be considered a league winner. And I just I just don't see his situation getting any better than right now. Last preseason game, he didn't even play a snap. Not a single snap, which means one thing. He's a starter. And Burkhead played. Mack played. Um, Royce Freeman played. Those guys, they are irrelevant. The one guy there to take is Damian Pierce. And we saw a glimpse of him in that preseason game. Again, preseason, but the tape does not lie. Watch that first run, and you'll see that he's a special runner. And I am so high on him this year. And I think you are too, Mace, but break it down. Yeah, I like Damian Pierce a lot. Um, I'm not as high on that offense as you, so I think the ceiling is a little bit capped for him Mm -hmm, in his rookie year. But the talent is there. He was underutilized in college, so he's got lots of miles left. Um, this is a guy that dynasty, go get him if, if you can. Might be a little too late now, mm-hmm. but redraft. Um, I, I do think he's a safe floor because the talent's there. I think the workload's going to be there. I, I see him I see him as a pretty, pretty well a lock to end as an RB2 this year, unless something unforeseen happens. Uh, 
but yeah, I'm with you. I think Damian Pierce is a great value at his current ADP. Um, my next guy, I've, I've actually, I didn't tell you this. I switched up my second uh, fade oh. for this one. Yeah, I'm going with a guy that has not gotten much buzz this offseason, which is a little surprising because guys that usually end hot have all the buzz in the offseason. And I'm talking about Rashad Penny from mm. from the Seattle Seahawks. Interesting. Yeah, man. He he led the league in rushing to end the season last year through the last six games, I believe it was. Um, Kenneth Walker has just just had hernia surgery, which kind of came out of nowhere. He's not even expected to play week one now. And Pete Carroll's already a guy that is hesitant to give his rookie running backs the ball. Um, even back when he drafted Rashad Penny, he drafted Penny in the first round, and Chris Carson, the sixth rounder the year before, was still the guy. So this isn't a, a coach that just gives his, his rookies the ball. They, he makes them earn it. So... Now we take that into account, and now we've got Kenneth Walker missing the rest of camp, missing the rest of preseason, and possibly out for a couple of regular season games. I think Walker has zero relevance in fantasy this year if that happens, if he doesn't get there, get, get healthy by week one. Um, so this is going to be a Rashad Penny ran uh, backfield, and a lot of people, I get they're concerned about them being down a lot. Pete Carroll doesn't give a damn if he's down 31 points. He's going to keep running the ball, and he's going to be running the ball with Rashad Penny. He's going as RB31 right now behind Corderell Patterson, which is insane to me. Um, so Rashad Penny is a great value. He's going to be the guy in Seattle, which their offense, no matter what, will be running the ball consistently. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm too insanely high on him, on Penny, but... I think that his ADP was pretty high when the offseason started, but then it kind of really dipped for a bit, and it still is now. And I, where he's being drafted at, I don't really see the issue there with taking him. Um, maybe if you go with a, a very safe RB, let's say you have a guy like Taylor, um, and then you take a few receivers, a tight end, maybe a quarterback, and you kind of just need an RB2. I have no issue with putting Rashad Penny as my RB2 this year at all. Would I say I'm really high on him? I can't say I am, but it's not him. It's just more that offense. I just, I don't see a Drew Locke or a Geno Smith ran offense being efficient enough to support not only one running back, but maybe two with Kenneth Walker. Now I agree with you on the fact that Kenneth Walker is not going to be that relevant this year. And next year he will be, hopefully. Um, But we'll just have to wait and see with him. But I agree. I think at his value, he's, he's pretty solid, man. And uh, my next guy, um, as far as faves go, is Mr. Cam Akers. And I know it's a pretty delicate situation there, and a lot of people are very indifferent on him. But my biggest thing is that I feel like people saw him last year. This is a guy that after, before his injury, we were thinking, oh, Cam Akers could be a first-round pick uh, going into last year. And I just... I don't understand why this whole this his average his yards per average per carry matters so much when you really look at the teams he played and how fast he recovered from it. You can't judge a player based off that. He played the San Francisco 49ers twice and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that stretch. Now those are two top four D lines from last year, and I get it. Two point four is abysmal, but you can't look at that as being totally his fault. He came back super fast, and I really think that he was fully healthy after last year. 
They won the Super Bowl, and now he's not recovering. He's getting better. And we've seen views of him from camp making one-hand catches, making insane runs. I just see him and his value. I'm like, I just want him in every league. And I just don't see that really changing for me. And I get the injury concern. He has a soft tissue injury right now. Don't worry about that. That's something to be worried about. But I just don't really understand where the disrespect really came from for Cam Akers because truthfully and historically, Sean McVay's offense always has a one, it's a one RB offense. And you can't really look at Henderson as being a factor there because I really just don't. I don't see him being a factor to really impede on Akers. He's last year, Akers played 81% of those offensive snaps. And I just don't really see that changing. I just, I don't know. And I, I don't really understand why the hate to Akers got so high so fast. Just because these some games after coming back from Achilles tear nine months in nine months, man. And I, I just really think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And if Stafford's arm doesn't really get much better, what's he going to do? Short dump offs to who cam Akers. Yeah. I, for me, I am very indifferent on cam Akers right now. He's running back 15 behind Camara, Barkley and Fournette and in front of James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott, David Montgomery. So for me, I honestly think he is going in the perfect spot for the risk that comes with him. Um, that being said, I do love the upside. This is a guy that last year we were talking about is an early second, late first round pick. Um, but we'll move on to our last faves. My last guy, I switched this one up on you too, Mikey. Oh, wow. I'm going, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm going to go with a little bit of a homer pick with James Cook. Oh. Uh, the Bills went out, spent good draft capital on this guy and he has absolutely no competition in that backfield for the type of role that he's going to come in and play do i expect him to get 15 plus carries a game absolutely not i think i don't think we see him get more than eight carries in any given game this season but i think out of that backfield maybe a little bit of slot play we're going to see a lot of pass catching looks for james cook in a very high powered offense that wants to pass a lot james cook pass blocks well He's going to do a lot for their play action. Because when James Cook is out there, they're not going to know what's coming. When Singletary's out there, they're probably going to know they're running the football. So I think they're going to prefer to have James Cook out there due, due to the, the play action that they love to run so much. I think he's going to benefit a lot from the type of offense that they want to run there in Buffalo. And he's a high-skill guy. He is a very talented player in the open field. And he's going to get a lot of open field in this loaded offense. Yeah, I, this is a guy that I wasn't honestly high on. And I, I think it was more because I just didn't know what the Bills would really do. And the amount of disrespect this guy is getting online right now is crazy. I'm seeing people say it's because of his BMI index that, that that's why they're not going to draft him. He's too small. And I'm like, just watch the games. He was a starter at Georgia for a reason. And he's now in preseason making these big runs. And that run in the Denver game where he broke that tackle – kept spun up and just kept going for an extra 10, 15 yards. You saw that it didn't really matter how big he was or how much he weighed. He's just very elusive on his feet and his balance kind of, I know this is a big shot here, but his balance kind of reminds me of Kamara running. He's kind of got that like low center gravity run. He's very elusive. I'm not saying he's Kamara, but just the way he kind of runs, he reminds me of Kamara a little bit, just of how balanced and coordinated he is. And I wasn't very high on him, but I've completely switched my opinion on him. Wouldn't say I'm in love with him, but 
a Buffalo Bills running back in that offense, you just can't turn that down. And like you said, there is no way Devin Singletary is more talented than him. And I just I take the most talented player on a team, and I look at the Buffalo Bills offense as being a top two offense in the league, at least. And I just think, why not? Why not take him in these later rounds as a, a late flyer? So as far as James Cook goes, that covers it pretty well. Um, our last, or my last fave, um, is another kind of higher, this is my, well, my first higher kind of drafted guy, and it's DeAndre Swift. Um, there's not much really for me to say here. I talked a lot about him in our NFC North preview, um, but to keep it really s- briefly, um, he was RB9 points per game last year, and in 10 games before being injured, he led all running backs in receptions, and 19 touches per game almost and I just where he's being drafted now as an upper echelon RB I just think this volume I know Lions aren't a great team but like we talked about me and you are both very high in the Lions going forward not right now but Jared Goff supported Todd Gurley's RB1 season and I just I, I understand that he's not a great quarterback but we're not saying to draft the receiver there we're saying we're saying to draft the the running back there that is an elite, and I say elite receiving back. I love DeAndre Swift this year. I understand that they're not a great team per se, but you look at the efficiency he has on the team that not that great, but also the volume he gets there. And I just think that in a PPR league, especially if you can get DeAndre Swift at the end of the first round, early second, or even on the turn at the end there, you can get DeAndre Swift with your second round pick. That's an absolute steal in my opinion. And to keep it brief, it's a guy that I'm targeting in pretty much all my leagues. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I love DeAndre Swift as well. He's got the pass catching ability, and that obviously gives him the ceiling. So I, I agree with everything that you just said about Mr. Swift. So let's quickly recap it here, just just for the people at home listening. Uh, Mikey, give us your faves and fades one more time real quick. All right, man. My fades were David Montgomery, Damian Harris, and Brees Hall. And my faves were Damian Pierce, Cam Akers, and Mr. Swift. All right. For me, I got my fades, Christian McCaffrey, Antonio Gibson, and James Conner. My faves, Alvin Kamara, Rashad Penny, and uh, and Mr. James Cook. Just for those at home, if you're wondering, my two guys that I removed from my list, I still love them, Chase Edmonds and Ramondre Stevenson. But thank you so much for listening to our faves and fades running back episode we will be back on thursday with our wide receiver fades and fades thank you so much for listening i hope you all have a great day peace out